guys, I am back. Uh, I'm gonna, this is the debate recap for the second round of debates. I am doing it a little differently this time. Uh, for the first debate, I did both nights together in the recap. This time, I'm going to do two separate recaps because, you know, it's a lot of people and a lot of things going on. So, uh, yeah, let's get to it. I First, I have two articles that are relevant to the to some of the candidates tonight. So I'm going to go through those first, and then we'll get to the debate stuff. So first, I uh, this is uh, something I saw yesterday, and it comes from John Delaney, who is... The governor or something. I think, I, I don't know. But he basically, he tweeted out, this is his tweet. He tweeted out, it's time to bring the country together to restore our sense of shared purpose and rebuild and rebuild a common and inclusive national destiny. That's why we need mandatory national service. So, yeah, no. But let me let me break down what exactly he wants. So, basically, he wants it so that uh, he wants to force American high school graduates to spend a year working for the government, whether they like it or not. So, yeah, that's not going to work. That's fascism. That's slavery. Like, I mean, yeah, I'm sure they'll get paid, but forcing someone to work for you, you know, that's, I mean, I, I get where he's coming from, because I've heard it from other people trying to make his case for him, because, you know, in Europe, a lot of, uh, Kids don't go to college right after high school. They take a year off. And, you know, other countries like uh, like Israel have a mandatory military service where you have to go into the military once you graduate high school. Um... Like, first of all, they're two different things. 
But in Europe, it's not mandatory. You could go to college after high school. You know, it's, you could, the choice of a gap year is a different, you know, I, I support, I, look, I think plenty of kids should take a gap year before going to college if that's what they choose. You know, I think the way our education system is set up right now, you know, the fact is a lot of kids come out of high school and have no idea what they sh- what they want to do with their lives. So it probably would benefit them to out of high school instead of going directly to college. You know, um, they could either get a job working at, like, you know, some business or whatever, learn a little bit about business. Uh, I mean, people also travel. You know, that's a great thing. Like, it's not only something, you know, despite what people think, it's not something that costs a ton of money to travel. You know, the the main cost is plane fare. And yeah, that's, but, you know, you could find, that's not the point. You know, once you're there, you can you can work when you're overseas. You know, if you're if you go to England, you can work in England. You know, get a work visa. You know, and that's so. I think that's what he's aiming towards. The problem is, you can't make it national. You can't make it mandatory. And, you know, his his stipulation of working for the government, you know, so he just wants free labor for the government. Like, I don't, or not free labor, I'm sure they'll pay the kids or whatever. But uh, it just doesn't work. Like, no. It's more force. Stop forcing people to do things. If you want to help kids transition from high school to college, you know, how about fixing the underlying problem of why is everyone told that they have to that they should go to college when they graduate when they graduate high school. Like, what happened? Why aren't there apprenticeships in high school for kids to learn about different aspects of businesses where you know so they can be more informed about what they want to do when they graduate high school. How about you solve the, 
How about you fix the root of the problem? Or, you know, stop... Uh, I don't know. It's just... These aren't solutions to the problem. These are just... Band-Aids, basically. And that's pretty much all the government ever does. They put Band-Aids on things. And Band-Aids break. They don't hold up. So, you know, just fix... I mean, look, the government won't fix anything, but... You know, at least come to a real solution. Like, don't, you know, this is all I hear from candidates. They say this stuff. But, uh, so moving on, the next one is uh, Bernie Sanders. So, you know, last week, I guess, uh, Bernie Sanders, there was news about uh, the fact that Bernie Sanders' campaign staff wasn't making $15 an hour minimum wage. Or not everyone on his campaign staff was making $15 an hour. I'm sure it's campaign manager and stuff. But, like, the, you know, the base-level staffers weren't making $15 an hour. So, this hit the internet, and apparently he has now been paying the you know, he fixed that. So now everyone's making $15 an hour. The problem is, they're not actually making more money. They're just working less hours. So, I thought the whole point of them wanting a $15 an hour minimum wage was to make more money. Now, like, but this is the problem that everyone brings up with increasing the minimum wage is that, you know, it won't, people, people won't actually be making more money because either what will happen is they'll, they'll get fired, companies won't hire more people, because they'll be like, well, we can do the work with the people we have, but it would it would have been easier, but we can afford it. Or, you know, companies will pay the fifteen dollar an hour minimum wage, and they'll just raise the prices on their goods and services. So, in effect, you know, people really won't be making more money because they'll be spending more money. 
So, uh, the whole, any way you look at it, raising the minimum wage to $15 an hour hurts people in the end. So, let's figure out, again, like before, let's address the underlying problems. Because there are a lot of underlying problems. But that wasn't the article I was talking about. What I was talking about is it's an article from Bloomberg Law that's, uh, it says, Senator Bernie Sanders' presidential campaign has been hit with an unfair labor practice complaint alleging illegal employee interrogation and retaliation against staffers. The July 19th complaint to the National Labor Relations Board filed by an unnamed individual in Indiana was posted to the agency's website late July 22nd. It comes as tense negotiations between the Sanders campaign and the union representing staffers recently boiled over publicly. The Washington Post reported July 23rd that unionized organizers from the campaign had won a pay raise and reached a compromise to reduce hours A copy of the charge has not yet been made public, but the agency's uh, July 22nd docket lists five potential violations of the the National Labor Relations Act. The charge also alleges that that the campaign unlawfully discharged an employee modified a labor contract, and engaged in illegal discipline. So, uh, this isn't looking too good for Bernie. Bernie could be done after this. Because, you know, he, he's, he always talks about, you know, helping the, the middle class, you know. He talks about income inequality and helping the less fortunate out and, you know, helping people by giving them free stuff and whatever. But I don't know. He's he's talking the talk, but he's not walking the walk. I mean, like, you got to... If you're going to say these things, you need to lead by example. And if you can't do it, then probably the people saying what you're proposing is ridiculous and won't work are probably right. Like, I... I mean, it, it's, it's ridiculous. I, 
But, uh, so let's move on to the debate, though. So, first thing, I turned it on. I turned it on, I don't know, maybe like seven minutes before the debate started. So, you know, they had their free debate panel talking about what to expect, I guess, predictions. And the main guy, I I don't know who it was. It really doesn't matter. But he says, the Democrats won in 2018 because people came around on Obamacare. Um... No, that's not true at all. The Democrats won in 2018 because everyone was so afraid of what Donald Trump might do. And it was that that sentiment was perpetuated, you know, in the media from every corner, the CNN every left-wing corner was saying, if we don't elect Democrats, Donald Trump's going to destroy this country. That's why the Democrats were elected. That's why they took back control of the House. I, I mean, they still lost. They still don't have control of the Senate, but I think think they may have picked up a seat. But, so, yeah, that's why they won. Not because of Obamacare. Not because people are coming around on Obamacare. The people who don't like Obamacare still don't like Obamacare. And even the people that do like Obamacare know there are faults in Obamacare and know that it's not a very good system. They just, you know, for whatever reason, they support it. They, you know, the people who support Obamacare, even though they see the faults, are the people who support some sort of Medicare for all. But So let's move on to the actual debate now. So, you know, everyone starts with their opening statements. Uh, So Tim Ryan was... So, you know, everyone, they they opened up with the uh, national anthem. I noticed Tim Ryan was the only one who didn't have his hand over his heart during the National Anthem, you know. He sort of had his arms locked in front of his, you know, sitting in front of his body. And, I mean, it's it really doesn't mean anything, but... I don't know, I'm sure he was trying to prove some kind of point, maybe some kind of I stand with Colin Kaepernick. I I don't know. 
It's just weird. But, um... So then in their opening statements, Marianne Williamson wants a moral government. Um, the fuck is a moral government? No. The government, as long as the government exists, the government's job is to make laws that protect the people. And, you know, it, I mean, it probably, you know, what it, what it actually does is a whole other story. But morality shouldn't play into laws. Like, you know, there are many immoral things that shouldn't be laws. Like, yeah, some things that are illegal happen to be immoral, but there's no correlation. There's, you know, it's not one and the same. You know, like murder. Murder is immoral. It also happens to be against law. But, you know, calling someone, you know, the, can't even believe I'm saying this, but calling someone the wrong gender pronoun over and over again may be immoral, but it shouldn't be a law that if someone does that, they can get jail time. Like, that's... But, yeah, so, like, government isn't in the business to be moral. It's, you know, like, they're, they're supposed to protect the people without... Uh, it's hard to explain, but basically... You know, I mean, it goes back to what I've said many times on this show and on Facebook and Twitter and whatever. You know, it comes down to the golden rule or what the adult version is, the non-aggression principle. You know, if... You know, you shouldn't aggress on people unless they aggress on you. And, you know, that goes for the government, too. As long as the government exists, they shouldn't be aggressing on people. And uh, there's a lot of aggression going on. And if you have a moral government, there would be a lot more aggression going on because... Well, whatever. We could discuss this. I'm sure this will come up again on regular episodes. But, um... So the next one was in the... The next opening statement that caught uh, my ears 
was that Tim Ryan claims that we don't produce 30, 40, or $50 jobs anymore. People are working two or three jobs to make that money. Um, first of all, there are 30, 40, or $50 jobs out there. The problem is that with everyone going to college, it's made those hard, those jobs even harder to get. And also, our economy is not as good as Trump or other people will have you believe. You know, it's... So... And also, the government doesn't produce jobs. I mean, I guess they do when they create new agencies, but... I mean, for the most part, what they're talking about... Look, the government jobs, people are in losing wages in government jobs. People are struggling to find uh, good-paying jobs in the private sector. So, and the reason because, the reason for that is a lot of things. There's, you know, the, there's a lot of government red tape preventing, you know, taking away resources that could go to the workers, but instead the companies have to pay to the government, you know, for licensing or all kinds of things. Or, you know, just the fact that, you know, now there are all these tariffs. Nah. So, you know... Companies that rely on importing stuff from China now have to pay tariffs. So instead of hiring a full-time employee, that employee gets hired as a part-time employee. So, you know, it's... I mean... And this will be a theme throughout. It's that people, candidates are saying things, but don't really talk about the issues, the underlying issues. So, and then I noticed in her, in uh, Amy Klobuchar's opening statement, she said that... She criticizes Trump for being hypocritical. Um, So has every president in my lifetime. I don't know a president who has not been hypocritical. You know, Obama said famously, if you like your healthcare, if you like your insurance, you can keep your insurance. 
when he introduced the Affordable Care Act. Um, many people are not able to keep their insurance because their insurance have, has pulled out. I, you know, it's... And then I'm sure there are plenty of, you know, like Bush ran on, you know, non-interventionism and stuff. And then, you know, we're in wars with Iraq and Afghanistan and, and we're still in those wars today. So, you know, every, everyone's hypocritical. Every president is hypocritical. Um, then on uh, climate, then on, then uh, Buttigieg says America is running out of time. Um, yeah, the only reason we would be running out of time is because our debt is out of control. And there's really no way to solve it. That's the only reason why America might be running out of time. There's no other reason for America to be running out of time. You know, uh, and look around you. There's all kinds of new jobs and companies and technology and I mean I I don't understand why people insist on being so doom and gloom when you know like we we just have to realize that It, America is still the best country to live in. Does it have its problems? Yes. Are people talking about how to fix those problems? Yes. Are there solutions going to work? No, because they're not addressing the real problems. I mean, that's like I said before, they, every policy seems to be putting a band-aid on things and not addressing the real issue, which usually stems from government interference in the first place. I mean, just frankly, yeah, that's, that's the issue. I mean... You know, I'm not going to get into everything today. But, um, so then, yeah, they ended with Bernie. Bernie's opening statement, you know, he's the same old Bernie. He's talking about the one-tenth of one percent and, like, yeah, we know. We know that stuff. We know what you're saying already. Come up with something new. Come up with why they're why those people are so rich. 
you know, talk about how to fix why they're getting so rich and why people aren't getting jobs. And, you know, like, despite what people say, our economy still hasn't recovered from the recession. And that's largely why people aren't getting richer. And because there are things being put in place, like, uh, you know, like, like the uh, being, you know, talking about uh, raising the minimum wage to, uh, you know, $15 an hour, which we've already seen in the cities that have done this, that just causes companies to move to automation faster. So, you know, it's, it doesn't work. And, I mean, there are many other things. You know, there's, there's this stuff, like the fact that less than, that over half the country has less than $1,000 in the bank and can't, you know, would ha- wouldn't have enough money to address, you know, an emergency in their life. You know, so it, it's things like this. And people, I mean, how about the fact that we're still paying, how about the fact that a person making $50,000 a year in New York pays about $15,000 a year in taxes. And that's, that's not even if they own a house. If they own a house, forget about it. But, you know, how about how about let's talk about that? How about let's talk about why why we're still paying why people are paying so much in taxes for you know, I I heard a stat I forget exactly what the number was, but it was like In a, for the government, for a government program, 60% of, or 60 cents of your, of every dollar goes towards administration costs. Or 70%, I think. 70%. No, sixty to seventy percent goes towards administration costs, and then I saw that for nonprofits, 
30% goes towards administration costs. So, why are we letting government do anything? Because for pretty much everything the government does, a nonprofit could do the exact same thing. And I'd rather 30% of every donation dollar that gets given to them goes towards administration costs than 60 to 70 cents for every dollar the government collects goes towards administration costs. Just makes sense. I mean, come on. But, so, then Tapper goes to start it off, he goes, to start off the questioning. Tapper goes, Jake Tapper, he goes, healthcare is Democrats' biggest issue. So, you know, the first couple of questions are healthcare based, but really? Healthcare is the biggest issue? Like, maybe this is why the Democrats are losing so much. Because, you know, I think probably, I don't know, the wars overseas, that's a bigger issue. The drug wars are a bigger issue. You know, I mean, there there are plenty of issues that are, I mean, maybe healthcare is third, but, I mean, healthcare is also something that is being bettered by the free market. I mean, there, there are hospitals, there are private hospitals that just take cash, no insurance, nothing, that are a fraction of the cost of going to a, a, pri- a hospital and you know, with your insurance and going through that, all that stuff. You know, so this stuff's getting solved. Like, the government doesn't need to interfere and get involved. It's being solved by the free market. So, but, I I mean... My point is just that it shouldn't be the biggest issue. There are plenty of other big issues that we need to solve first. So, then, you know, Bernie, I I don't know. He goes, he says, you'll have freedom of choice under the... Uh, under his universal health care plan. 
no, you won't. You won't have any choice. He wants to get rid of private insurance. You know what's going to happen when you get rid of private insurance and it's all Medicare? You know what's going to happen? Doctors are going to choose another profession. That's what's going to happen. You know, they're they're not going to make as much money because, you know, the government's going to control the costs of everything despite the fact that it won't be the market doing it. And what will happen is, you know, you'll have less poor quality doctors, but even if you don't have, you're only, there are only going to be a certain number of doctors, there won't be uh, the amount of choice you have, and, uh, you know, as you see, like I've said many times before, in the other countries that have some form of universal health care, you know, you you can wait six to eight months for an MRI. So, you know, unless you have a life or death uh, situation, you're going to wait for to see a doctor. And, uh, you know, I mean, I don't know. There, you hear all the time about people... I mean, I don't know how true this is, but you do hear that people die waiting for health care overseas. And the thing I always bring up is, you know, the kid that from England, the kid that had a life, that had a terminal cancer. And they basically said, no, there are no, there's no treatment for you. We, we're not going to do anything. You're, you're going to die. And the family was like, well, this is ridiculous. So uh, I, I forget exactly, but somehow the Vatican got a hold of the story. And the Vatican was willing to pay for the kid to travel to the U.S. to get treatment, to get a new, whatever, some kind of treatment that might help him. And England said no. And the kid died. Now... Does that seem like something you want to risk? I don't, I don't want that. That's, that sounds horrible. But, uh, so, so the, this new guy, Bullock, is a governor of Montana or something. 
uh, you brought up drug costs. You know, that's, they all bring it up and how expensive the drug costs are and, you know, Bernie keeps bringing up Canada and how much cheaper it is there and how, you know, why aren't prices like they are in Canada. But no one ever talks about the role the government plays in this. You know, it costs over $2 billion to get a, an average of over $2 billion to get a drug through FDA approval. Now, where do those $2 billion go? Oh, yeah, that's right, into the cost of the drug. So, now, instead of, you know, the one thing they bring up is uh, insulin. You know, so if a vial of insulin costs $20 to make, Instead of the drug company, you know, charging $40 for it, because it costs them so much money to get it through FDA approval, they're now charging $400 for it. And that's why in Canada... It doesn't cost that. Or in Mexico, it doesn't cost that. So how about we address the issues caused by the FDA first? Let's do that. So, and then Warren says Washington can't, Washington works great for people who can afford lobbyists. You know, basically talking about the corporate lobbyists that lobby the government to do this and that and this and that to help them out, to gain fast tracks for whatever, you know. It doesn't matter. There's insurance. There's all kinds of lobbyists. But they they don't seem to make the connection that you know the lobbyists are only lobbyists only exist because they can influence the government into doing things. If the government wasn't able to do these things, they would have no reason to influence them, and then they wouldn't exist. You know, so... I don't know, for every... How about this? For every area where there's a lobbyist, get the government out of it. Then you get rid of the lobbyists. Then you let the free market handle their, you know, figure out the best 
course of action and, you know, cheaper prices. Because, listen, everything that is left to the free market, prices go down. You know, so, I don't know. Let's do that. Let's, let's get the government out of everything that lobbyists exist for. Because even if you ban lobbyists, you know, they're still going to find ways to influence politicians. You know, why is... Why did Obama get paid $400,000 to speak to a bank a couple of months after he left office? I, I don't think they wanted to hear his economic, his opinions on economic theory or whatever he claimed to tell them. I'm sure they probably... Yeah, influenced him in some way, and that was his, you know, that was their way of paying him, you know, like, quid pro quo. But, um, so, uh, and there's this other thing that, uh, they started talking about illegal immigration because, you know, Trump. And, uh, you know, Warren brings up, brought up that she wants to decriminalize all illegal immigration because it enables Trump to separate families. Um, first of all, Obama separated families because the law states that, you know, you have to, you know, I guess families can, kids have to be separate from adults, which makes sense, you know, like, but... So it's not a Trump problem. You know, it's being amplified because of Trump. But, you know, and also, like, you want to do something because of Trump? Like, Trump, what about, you know, when Trump's out of office, are you going to go back to the way it was? You know, because then, you know, Trump's... And also, if you become president, Trump's not president. Like, it doesn't... I don't, I don't understand it. I mean, you know, going back to... Going back to the non-aggression principle, you know, as long as we have, 
as long as we look at this country as, you know, property of the United States, and everyone, every citizen, you know, is allowed to move about the country, and people are allowed to visit the country, but then they have to go home, or they can apply to move to this country permanently. As long as we have that system, you can't have people coming across the border and then say, oh, well, they got across the border, so let's let them live here forever. You know, and... I, I mean, yeah, so... You know, that's, that was the only thing that stood out to me on illegal immigration. You know, they were all kind of saying a variation on the same thing. Some people were saying, like, I don't know. But then they bring up the school shootings because a couple of there were a couple of shootings this weekend and or in the last week. And Mayor Pete, you know, he, he was talking about how we need background checks and blah, blah, and uh, limits on magazines and bans on assault rifles, but at least for the non-gang shootings, there's usually mental health involved. So how about we address the mental health issue and you know, if guns are still the problem after that, then we could think about addressing the guns. But it seems to me mental health might be the underlying cause. And then if you want to talk about gangs, gang shootings and stuff, then you can move on to the drugs, drug war and that stuff. But you know, I mean, it's just annoying to hear all these. And, you know, there is a, I think there is a copycat element as to why we're seeing so many mass shootings recently. You know, I think that broadcasting it 24 hours a day for, you know, know, however long it gets broadcast for. I think it does plant the seed inside people's heads who have issues with mental illness. Hey, maybe I can go shoot something up. Shoot up a movie theater. Shoot up a school whatever, so how about, 
about we stop broadcasting these things? Mention them, but we don't need to broadcast who they are. Yeah, I mean, broad, you know, talk about what happened. You know, the people who have lost their lives. But don't put a spotlight on the shooter. Like, I, I think it just does more harm than good. And the point is that the guns aren't the problem in the shootings. It's many issues, you know, like I said, the mental health or drugs or whatever, you know, oppression, you know, like the uh, Pulse nightclub shooting, the Muslim guy, he was gay. I'm sure he was, you know, he wasn't able to come out and he had all this anger inside him and whatever. So how about let's address what's going on. Let's help people not take away their guns because I, that's not going to solve anything. You know, we already see in countries where they don't have guns, people are just, they're running people over with their trucks or they're stabbing people with knives. You know, so if someone wants to hurt people, they'll find a way to do it. They don't need a gun. So, um, you know, Klobuchar talks about the lobbying for guns and specifically the NRA again. You know, it's the same thing. The government's not, the government doesn't, like I said before, if the government didn't have a say in it, there wouldn't be lobbyists. It just makes sense. I don't know why anyone, why uh, other people can't see it. I mean, it's on both sides. The Democrats and Republicans, they say the same thing. They just say it about different things. So, but, uh, yeah, like, uh, Bullock brought it up. So, I don't know. But, um, so then Mayor Pete wants to end the electoral, the electoral college. Yeah, you're an idiot. Like, no. Like, do you understand? Like, sometimes I don't think, I mean, like, you know, Mayor Pete's a couple of years older than me, so, you know, I'm sure his schooling was largely what mine was. And, you know, I don't, I mean, I learned why we had the Electoral College. I, I don't 
understand why he doesn't know that and probably does know that and he probably knows that that's never going to change so he might as well say it because it's a popular thing amongst progressives right now is eliminating the electoral college because you know it it all stems from the fact that Hillary won the popular vote but lost the electoral vote to Trump and there are plenty of people who say Hillary should be the rightful president but I The reason we have an electoral college is so that no matter where you live in this country, you have an equal say. So that if, you know, I, I, it's like, I don't, but it's basically per, you know, I don't exactly know how it, how they've worked it out, but, you know, basically, you know, I, I can't, I can't explain it, but it's basically, you know, for that reason, so... Because the bulk of the people in this country live on the coast. And, you know, the coastal states, specifically California and New York, are always democratic. And if you did away with the Electoral College... Every time the Democrat will win, or pretty much every time. So, you know, then then we basically have fascism. You know, yeah, you get elected, but uh, it's one party. So they all pretty much have the same ideas. Uh, so, you know, but, you know, so then Williamson brings up lobbying and says to uh, diminish lobbying, we need to have publicly funded campaigns. Um, but like I was saying before, if you have publicly funded campaigns, one, more money would get taken out of your taxes. More money would get taken out of your paycheck to go towards those campaigns. But two, you know, they just, lobbyists would just find another way around to get to the people in power. So, you know, like, again, it it doesn't do anything. Doesn't serve a purpose.
Voilà. What else? What else? What else? I kind of found this this funny. Uh, Bernie brought up the fact that he was beating Trump in the polls. That amongst, you know, all the candidates, he's beating Trump in the polls. Uh, I mean, like, yeah, polls are stupid. You know, the polls had Hillary Clinton winning. You know, polls, yeah. Like, just stop relying, stop listening to polls. Just, like, you could, I guess, I mean, I guess polls are useful for, like, a base, base, base level of information. But... You shouldn't be bragging about beating Trump in a poll as, you know, some kind of indication that you would win. Like, that's just ridiculous. So, but, yeah, so, um, let's see. Then there was, like, they were going back and forth on climate change, and Delaney said that, you know, we need to change things by 2050, and, you know, I mean, I thought the whole thing was, if we don't, radically changed by 2030, we're all going to be doomed. And there's no chance after that. So, I mean, I don't know. And then Beto said we had less than 10 years to fix climate change. So, like, I mean, it's all the more reason for people to go... No, it's all the more proof, not proof, but it's all the more reason for the climate change deniers to say, look, they can't even make up their mind on what is going on, so why should we believe it? Yeah, so, I mean, it's, I just think the whole thing's, I think it's, you know, they're just trying to cause panic and say we need to, if you don't elect us, you know, and you let the Republicans win again, you know, the country's doomed. But I I don't think that's a winning strategy, I think. People see through the bullshit and, you know, like, I don't think the majority, even if you do believe in climate change, I don't think that people 
believe that, you know, there's a time clock on it. Let's just say that. I think that they understand, like, we should be moving towards, you know, renewable energy and those types of things and moving away from fossil fuels. But we don't need to make some radical change overnight or in the next five years or whatever. But um, Tim Ryan, this guy is annoying. He said he wants to create a chief manufacturing officer for the government. So basically, the chief manufacturing officer would be involved with hiring and designing and whatever else to produce renewable energy devices. So, uh, I mean, it's just ridiculous, really. I mean, you know, like, the government shouldn't be doing that. Like, let companies do that. Companies are already doing that on their own. You know, look at Tesla. (laughs) I mean, look at all these countries. Look at all these car companies that are saying in the next two years we're going to have at least one electric car on the road. Some companies are saying in the next five years we're going to have over 50% of our cars, our models, be electric. So... You know, the free market's handling this fine. Like, we don't need the government to get all their hands in the... Because that never really works out well. But... So... Now, Williamson talked about the Trump administration gutting the Clean Water Act when discussing Flint and other possible Flint places. Um, Flint happened under Obama, and the Clean Water Act was in place under Obama. So... I don't think the Clean Water Act did anything. I don't know. That's just... Like... I mean, maybe it's just... You know... I mean, there are ways to do this that are much better than the government. Because, as we see... The government allowed Flint to happen. So, why can't there be... You, you know those stamps you see on 
your food at the supermarket, let's say organic or, you know, the fish thing, the certified wild or whatever it says, why can't a non why can't one of those organizations have a brand you know do a, a clean water stamp where they say you know but I, I mean I don't even it's like you know I mean, I guess all bottled water is clean, pretty much, except for, well, I mean, some bottled water is tap water, so I guess that would depend where they're getting their tap water from and whether the tap water at that place is contaminated. But also, like, what what actually happened at Flint, in Flint, was, you know, they switched pipes. They switched distribution. So, like, the water pipe that was delivering the water was switched to another pipe that had previously been distributing something else but wasn't doing that anymore and then developed all this debris. So then when the water was being distributed through that pipe, all the debris got knocked loose. And that's what was making people sick. And that's what's still making people sick. So once again, another problem with the government. Like, I mean, pretty much every problem in this country you can trace back to something the government did. You know, so... Then Beto says he will sign a reparations bill. And Williamson would sign a reparations bill. Um, listen. People who were slaves or, you know, direct descendants, you know, should, you know, they, they may... They, they probably have a claim to some form of reparations. The problem is that probably needed to happen in like 1880 because, you know, first of all, the majority of the people in this country right now don't have family that was here back in the eighteen in the early eighteen hundreds or in the seventeen hundreds. You know, like everyone in my family, 
moved here after 1920. So, you know, my great-grandparents moved here after you know, 1920 or whatever. And then my grandparents on my dad's side moved here at, you know, my dad moved here in uh, the early 60s. So, yeah, I'm not paying reparations. No. Taxes don't need to be taken out of my paycheck to pay for reparations. Now, I think most people will say, you know, reparations should be, you know, direct descendants should. But then you get into the issue of, yeah, you know, okay, if you have a direct descendant of a slave, and you could find, like, what I've heard from people who say, like, they say, the if you want reparations, fine. But what it would have to be is there would have to be a direct descendant of a slave owner paying the descendant, the direct descendant, of the slave that 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 their ancestor owned, which I mean, okay, like that. There's some logic to that. The problem is, it's a hundred fifty years later, like. You really think the great-great-great-great-grandchild of a slave owner should pay the great-great-great-great-grandchild of the slave? Like, that just doesn't... It, they seem too far removed. Like, it's... You know, it's... You're not even talking... To, they didn't even know the person. Like... I don't know, once you don't know the person, or once you've never known the person, you know, it's, you're probably, you're probably off the hook. Um, so, yeah, Tim Ryan wants to bring back manufacturing jobs. Sounds like Trump. <laughs> I mean, like, we know that didn't work out. Manufacturing jobs aren't coming back. Um, Warren doesn't want companies to be able to go overseas to save money. Yeah, so this guy, this was brought up in like the tariffs discussion and the trade and trading with other countries and the problem with putting a law in place 
that would require a company to stay in the U.S. is that the cost for goods will go up and they'll probably go up even higher than they would if tariffs are in place. So, you know, how about we allow the companies to move their manufacturing jobs overseas and figure out how to better educate people for jobs that are relevant to now. You know, like uh, computers or whatever. But the point is that just because you think something should be one way, you know, usually they're the other way for a reason. You know, I mean, like, the thing that gets brought up all the time is the iPhone. You know, the iPhone gets assembled in the U.S., but pretty much all the parts get made in China. And people have said that, you know, I think, an iPhone, a base iPhone costs like $700 in the U.S. And uh, the estimates that people make on what it would cost if the iPhone was completely manufactured in the U.S., is like $1,300. So, see, that's what happens when you force manufacturing jobs to stay in the U.S. You know, so, and the other thing is, like I said before, you know, we're moving closer and closer towards more automation. And with more automation will come cheaper goods. So, which will, you know, give people more spending money and but so what people need to do is they need to be thinking about what jobs you know I mean mostly for people you know graduating high school you know they need to be thinking about what jobs are least likely or are furthest away from being automated. 
And, you know, I, I mean, to me, that's service jobs. Any, any kind of service job or creative job, you know, automation's not touching for years and years. And, you know, it may not ever happen where, you know, there's ever going to be a podcast hosted by robots because, you know, robots are, I don't know. But my point is just there are jobs that, you know, the more creative jobs are going to be the jobs that go last. So, those are the jobs that people should be, you know, working towards, you know, trying to get into. And, look, you know, who knows what jobs are going to be in three years. You know, I mean, people talk about, you know, like, they talk about, like, they graduated college in 1990 before the internet, and now they're working, you know, e-commerce, or, you know, they're whatever, but those jobs weren't even fathomable in 1990. So... You know, they certainly had no idea when they went to college, if they went to college, that that's what they were going to be doing because it didn't exist. So, you know, my point is just that, you know, don't don't set yourself up so that, you know, you're only going to do what you've went to college for, you know, always think about what is out there and what is going on in in the world and what you could do to better yourself. So, there was, uh, Delaney was asked a question, I forget by who, maybe by Tapper or Dana Vash, but he, he was, you know, they brought up the fact that he's worth $65 million, and they basically asked him if he should pay more in taxes, if he thinks he should pay more in taxes. So, of course, his answer was yes. He should pay more in taxes. Yeah. It's based on uh, Elizabeth Warren's uh, wealth tax. And so he said, yes, I should pay more in taxes. So the natural follow-up question is, well, why don't you? What's stopping you? 
you know, give that money to charities. You know, you don't have to pay. Not everything has to go to taxes. You know, there are other ways to help people. You know, and if we reduce taxes or eliminate them altogether, there will still be charities that exist to help people. I mean, not even charities. Like, you know, there are companies all over that do things. Like that company, uh, that sock company, Bombas. For every sock they sell, for every pair of socks they sell, they donate a pair of socks. Yes, that pair of socks costs a little more, but you're also donating a pair of socks towards to people who need a pair of socks. You know, there was that shoe company, Tom's. They did the same thing. You know, so not it's not just charities. There are for-profit companies that do things to benefit people in need. So we don't need government to, uh, we don't need to rely on government to do these things. Um, so at the end, towards the end, Tim Ryan was, they were asked about like, uh, intervention and stuff and Tim Ryan wants us to go you know he was talking about like the immigrant everyone who's immigrating or a lot of the people who are immigrating into this country are from are coming from Central America so we need to go to Central America, or the government needs to go to Central America and fix those problems. Yeah, the problem with that is the reason Central America is in the shape they're in is because we got involved in the first place. How about we just you know, stay out of there altogether, stop meddling in their business. Yeah, that sounds pretty good to me. So, and then uh, Buttigieg was asked if he would withdraw from Afghanistan in his first year, and he said he would, which... You know, that's that's good. I like that. You know, let's see. I mean, he he seems like he could be a, he he seems like one of the better democratic candidates. Let's put it that way. And you know, this is reassuring that he but you know, I don't know. I he, let's put it this way. He doesn't make it 
the first and foremost issue like Tulsi Gabbard does. So it's kind of hard to know where exactly he stands. Um, Beto said he would do it by the end of his first term, so four years, and he added in a bunch of other countries that he would remove troops from. I mean, I think Beto's just grasping for straws. I mean, I think he's done it, and, you know, I think he's trying to say whatever he thinks will keep him in the race, because I I think he has the number of donations, he just doesn't, he's polling at like 1%. So that's, I think, I don't think that's enough of the, that meets the threshold to get into the next debate, which, you know, that's stupid. I don't think there should be thresholds I don't think there should be arbitrary thresholds. I think that candidates will stop, will start dropping out when they see they're not making progress. I mean, we already saw Eric Swalwell drop out. So, you know, I think, you know, I mean, we saw it in the Republican debates last time. They all started dropping out after the first few debates because they started realizing, like, I have no chance. So, you know, that would start happening with the Democratic candidates the same. But... You know, we'll we'll see. There are they they put in arbitrary hurdles, so it's gonna be artificial, and it'll be a shame because there may be a candidate that you know won't break through until you know there are less people on stage because. They're not the name that Bernie Sanders or Elizabeth Warren are. You know, like like Marianne Williamson. You know, maybe she has really good ideas, but because she's not a politician, no one cares about her, so they're not asking her questions. And, you know... I don't know, maybe she won't meet the threshold for the third debate. And maybe, you know, she just needs the chance to speak on the debate stage. I mean, she spoke more tonight than she did last time. But, I mean, I don't know. I don't think she has anything to say anything. Anyway, it's all about love and... But she does talk about the issues 
about uh, the underlying issues, but she doesn't, like I said, she doesn't have the time, and I don't think anyone would have the time to really talk about the issues, the underlying issues, because of the, you know, the format of a debate. It's so, uh, but, and then last, you know, Hickenlooper, he's like the former governor of Colorado or something. Or is he the current governor? I don't know. But, in his closing statement, he brought up how in the past three years, Colorado's economy is thriving. And he said nothing about marijuana. Nothing at all. Now, I think, I think marijuana is a pretty big reason why... Colorado's economy has gone way up in the last three years. You know, I, I, I think any time you introduce a new commodity or, you know, product on the market, you know, or sector into the market, you know, that's only going to add. That's not going to subtract. So, I don't know. Maybe it was just because it was his closing statement, but he's never brought it up once on the debate stage. Never said anything about marijuana. So, I don't know. It's kind of weird. But, um... And that's, that's all I'm going to, that's all for tonight. I'll be back tomorrow. I'll be back doing the second debate coverage. Or, you know, the second half of the debate coverage for the second night. But, um, as usual, you know, we're on Facebook. Twitter, Instagram, Minds, you know, uh, you know, like us, all those places, follow us, all those places, um, or you can email us at theuneusefulidiots at gmail.com, you know, if you have any ideas of any thoughts about the debate, you know, let us know. Maybe we'll discuss it on another episode, maybe. If, you know, I'm sure we'll try and get to those. Uh, you know, and as usual, subscribe wherever you listen to the podcast. Um, if you subscribe, if you listen to the podcast on a platform that allows uh, ratings and comments, 
go do that because that's what helps us get noticed and pop up in searches and stuff. So, um, yeah, go, go check that out. Go leave us a five-star review. Um, and also, don't forget, we're on Patreon also. Patreon.com slash The Unuseful Idiots. If you find value in what we're doing, you know, help us out. Give us a buck or two. And, um, you know, we have, you get producer credits depending on the amount you give different credits. So, you know, I mean, who doesn't want to be a producer? So, uh, yeah, check it out. And, uh, I'll be back with the second half of the debate recap. Whatever. Bye, guys. See ya.